Hey, how's it going? Welcome to Rushcast. My name's Jay Mantis. Thank you very much for being here. How many times I am out of excuses. I'm done. I moved, and the last three weeks have been crazy. I had to move really fast, and then I've been unpacking and things like that. But now I'm done, and now uh, and I'm going to make it up to you by this is technically the March episode, and I'm doing it halfway through April. So by the end of April, you'll have an April episode too. You're only gonna have to wait two weeks, and then we'll be back on track for monthly. We'll probably do the top of each month by then, I imagine. But thank you for sticking around, and thank you for all the supportive emails telling me that you enjoy the show still. That's kind of nice. And uh, as much as I love doing it, man, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it takes it takes a lot of prep to make sure that it's going to be something that. I think people would want to listen to, and I'm not going to do this if it's going to be junk. So um, I, I appreciate you listening and being patient with me. So uh, I think I have some cool stuff planned for today. I have some kind of quirky things that I want to mention. And uh, let's see. First, let's turn the volume up. Okay. How's that? Did I do it? Man, I'm so bad at this now. I think I used to be good at it. Um, all right. I did a survey. We did like a Google Forms survey, and man, it worked out so much better than the first time we did it. It looks real pretty on my end in terms of seeing the results. We're gonna we're gonna jump into that soon. If you want to be part of that, you've got to be on our mailing list. So just send me an email and tell me you want to be on the mailing list and you'll get all the info pre-episode recording and you can participate in our surveys and games and we can talk via email if you want. And my email is rushcast2112 at gmail.com. We'll get to that in a little bit. Have you ever noticed in the song Lessons, there's like a glitch have you ever noticed that? I have noticed that for years, probably 10 years. I'm thinking, I remember I was in my mom's Hyundai Sonata in probably 2008, driving to work in Vermont. <laughs> and I made a mixed CD. And it had a, I remember I was like, I want to, I was still listening to CDs back then. If you can believe that, we used to listen to CDs. I'm talking to the wrong crowd. Can, so here's, I'm talking to you guys like you're my middle school uh, music class where like I'll, I'll be kind of sarcastic to them and be like, if you can believe it, we used to listen to CDs. You guys are the wrong people for me to be talking to the, to about that because you all listen to records and tapes and whatever the hell an 8-track is, and um, I didn't. So uh, I'm sorry for being so condescending, but uh, I... I spend all day being condescending towards middle schoolers, I guess. So I had a mixed CD and I was like, I want a CD that has like, it's a mix from all the way back in the old days to the most recent stuff. And I remember track two was Lessons and track three was Cut to the Chase and track four was Peaceable Kingdom. Um, and I just remember that being like a really squirrely kind of mix and unpredictable in an unpredictable way so anyway back then i thought that there was a scratch on the cd or i thought something went 
haywire with just however the song lessons got onto that cd um but there was the skip at the same spot every time i'll tell you where that is the reason i'm bringing up bringing it oh boy would you believe me if i told you that i had two caffeinated coffees today by accident i only meant to drink one one was supposed to be decaf it was not all right i have it written down here somewhere in the second verse, Getty sings, You'll be there for one, two, three. When you know, two, three, what I know. And I know there's my singing for the day. When he says, You'll be there, and then there's a skip, like like a break in the lyrics, there's like a little glitch in there. It sounds like the drums kind of fumble over. It sounds like Neil fumbles over himself while he's hitting the hi-hat. Please tell me someone else has noticed that. And I think I've given you the specific spot. You should be able to go check that out uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about. But it's on every recording I've ever heard of it. So uh, it's funny to me that those kind of things slide through or kind of slip past people in like post-production, right? And and let me know. Do you think it's a glitch or do you think it's uh, whatever, whatever I mean by glitch? Like is it... Did something skip? I don't know how recording on tape works. Um, or is it a mistake in the drum part? Part of me thinks, oh, that's an old thing. Like, that happened... The 70s seemed like a billion years ago to me. I was born in 91. And uh, part of me is like, oh, that's just like... I mean, maybe it was a recording issue, and then they couldn't fix it, so they just had to let it slide. Let's fast forward to 2007 on the last track of Snakes and Arrows. There's a very similar, what I will call a glitch, even though it's probably not technically a glitch, in We Hold On. That's after the first chorus. We could be down and gone, but we hold on. The drums go, or the guitar comes back. Doom, boom, 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 ba da da do da do dong da do da do 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 gong do da 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 boom, and then right there, right on the downbeat of the next verse, it always has felt like that verse came in just a hair too early. It always felt like the pulse of the song was disrupted for just a second. Um, the best way I can describe it is it feels like it was copy and pasted. Especially when I was in high school, I would sit on my pirated DAW programs and move or, you know, record something on my bass into the DAW and then move the track around and try to make a song out of multiple parts. And if you didn't line them up totally correctly, you, you would get that effect where, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, like that. They're, like, B1 was kind of too early. That's what that feels like in that song. I would love for somebody to reach out and be like, yes, I hear that as well. Because it's kind of driving me crazy. Man, Getty's basement, his, his basement, I'm not making a pun, his cellar in his home, with that bass collection is my number one fantasy. It's like, I can't think of a single place that I would rather go than, if I could go anywhere right now, it would be Getty Lee's basement. When he, you watch some of the interviews with like Tech 21 with his new Sans Amp model, 
Um, there's a couple others where he's down there. You just look around. He's got to have 10 Thunderbirds. I imagine over 20 jazz bases, probably around 20 P bases, right? I mean, we saw a lot of them on R40. Um, I cannot believe that collection. I, you got to imagine there's a chunk of it we have not seen. And uh, I guess that, that reminds me of his base book that he's making. I think that's late 2018. I believe the release for that, and I'm just going off my memory, is uh, Christmas-ish, like late December 2018. But that's my fantasy destination. If I could go anywhere, get me into that basement. I don't even, like, I would love to talk to Getty, but I would probably hold that right up there with hanging with Getty, just being able to be in his basement and play around with his base, his bases for a day or two. Oh my gosh. I had this a kind of epiphany moment a couple days ago. And I wrote it down in my notes on my phone. I wrote it, this is word for word what I wrote. Oh my God, do I actually love Wish Them Well. Do I, re- like, I listened to Clockwork the other day a part of it and oh I was playing along with my bass I got my bass set up my jazz bass set up with my um tech 21 pedal and everything and I I was nice and twangy and spanky and I I was like only I think I played headlong flight and I went through the next couple tracks and then I got up I started doing stuff and wish them well came on and do you ever like you ever have a moment where a new song comes on you didn't even realize it it the song changed because you're distracted uh, that happens to me with songs I skip often. So, with like radio songs, if I'm listening to Moving Pictures and Limelight comes on, I'll often skip it. I'm like, oh, let me hear the B sides. I hear Limelight all the time on the radio. And once in a while, I get distracted and I'll be halfway through Limelight and go, oh, I didn't think to skip it. I'm just sitting around enjoying the actual song. That happened with Wish Them Well. And in the back of my head, I was like, oh, yeah, hey, I haven't heard this song in probably literally years i bet it's been a year and a half since i listened to those b-sides on clockwork and i really enjoyed it and i didn't even realize like oh this is the one i'm not allowed to like this is the song none of us are supposed to admit that is like actually a good song and i know some of you are screaming because some of you really defend that song and have since the beginning admitted that you love it I'm not I'm not talking about you guys. I'm just saying the majority of Rush fans not in love with Wish Them Well. But yeah, I got halfway through it and was like, oh, well, I'm enjoying this. And then realized, oh, this is Wish Them Well. Something inside of me has changed. <laughs> I do think it's um warranted. Like, I, I think it's a great song now. I still think my favorite part is when the bass drops out, ironically. When the bass just doesn't play and you just get the guitar arpeggios. Thank your stars, you're not that way. Turn your back, walk away. Doing a lot of singing. Coffee J is a singer. What else we got? Did I forget anything? Uh, Here's, we have a, I'll, I'll throw in a little teaser. We were supposed to have correspondent Chad on today and he had something going on last minute. He had to bail which is cool because I want to give him some time to kind of let it stew. He has this theory regarding a Power Windows song 
and a hold your fire song that you've probably never thought to relate the two of them one to one like this one song from hold your fire one song from power windows he sees a tie that i've never seen before in fact he told me about it a month ago i wrote it down and as we were texting today i was like hey can you come on the show and explain that to everybody because it was fascinating i cannot remember what the heck it was uh and he agreed and then he had to he had to back out which is totally cool we'll have him do it next time uh but yeah i bet it's two songs you've never thought were related looking forward to that i wrote a note here that says what are the lyrics to dreamline about do the lyrics in dreamline have anything to do with the clockwork angels story let's look it up this is taking a monday morning podcast kind of spin if you listen to the monday morning podcast with bill burr um i listen to his show twice a week he also does it on thursday and he'll uh he'll talk about current events and a lot of it is him typing and googling things live and i was like that's an interesting uh dynamic completely opposite from what i do which i try to i try to do some planning in advance you know but let's um let's take a look the story of clockwork angels this perpetual journey right to something greater and i'm listening to dreamline this was probably three weeks ago and i saw a little bit of a relation a small relation to the clockwork story he's got a roadmap of jupiter a radar fix on the stars all along the highway she's got a liquid crystal compass a picture book of the rivers under the sahara they travel in the time of the prophets on a desert highway straight to the heart of the sun like lovers and heroes and the restless part of everyone we're only at home when we're on the run on the run so again perpetual um what's the word i want to use uh, like a perpetual journey right we're constantly moving we're only at home we're only comfortable when we're on the run when we're going somewhere else when we're on the move he's got a star map of hollywood a list of cheap motels all along the freeway a list of cheap motels all along the freeway now we're getting a bit more literal in a sense to the clockwork story if you've read the novel She's got a sister out in Vegas, a promise of a decent the promise of a decent job far away from her hometown. They travel on the road to redemption, a highway out of yesterday that tomorrow will bring. Like lovers and heroes, birds in the last days of spring. We're only at home when we're on the wing, on the wing. Are we flying? We are when we are young, wandering the face of the earth, wondering what our dreams might be worth, learning that we're only immortal for a limited time. So these, uh, this chorus or bridge or what you want to call it, wandering the face of the earth, wondering what our dreams might be worth. This whole sentiment is very much like Owen Hardy, in my opinion. My disclaimer, as usual, is that man, I am bad at lyrics. I'm bad at interpreting them. I'm bad at hearing them when I first hear a song, understanding what's being said, and I'm sure there's some stuff that I'm missing. But I did, that's a connection that just kind of popped into my head without diving too deep into it. It's so much fun to just read these lyrics like it's poetry and not. Uh, and try to keep the melody out of your head. 
because it's really incredible how talented Neil is on that end. And it's the last thing I ever consider about Rush. It's the last thing I ever think about. Time is a gypsy caravan, steals away the night to leave you stranded in dreamland. Distance is a long-range filter, memory of flickering light left behind in the heartland. Really good stuff. And I don't need to tell you that. And I know my dad, for one, has always said that this song specifically are some of their best lyrics. He loves the line, um, learning that we're only immortal for a limited time. I've got uh, a buddy, Vince. He was on the Farewell to Kings episode of the album series. He always brings up that Bravado is one of their best songs. And it always surprises me because he kind of likes the older stuff. Or he, he favors the older stuff. So to have, let's see, Dreamline is one, Bravado is two. I think we can all agree the lyrics in Bravado are amazing. Roll the Bones. The lyrics through the entire album are pretty, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, unique. Especially the way they're sung. Think of the rap in Roll the Bones. Go to the end of the album and listen to um, the rhyming words at the end of You Bet Your Life. All of that stuff was really unique and none of it really carried through. Like, go to Counterparts, Test. You didn't hear that sort of... Um, monotone and and kind of uh static singing like you hear in you bet your life and roll the bones i'm flailing now i'm just going wherever my head takes me you bet your life enter it was a movie did anyone know that oh it's a tv series in the 50s look at me i'm learning things Anarchist, reactionary, running dog revisionist, Hindu, Muslim, Catholic, creation, evolutionist, rational, romantic, mystic, cynical, idealist, minimal, expressionist, postmodern, neo-symbolist. Okay, let's do another trivia series. That'll be the last question as the tiebreaker. Looking at you, Dylan, Cheddar. We'll get those two guys back on, Dylan and Cheddarface, and we'll, um, we'll ask them, recite the last verse of you bet your life armchair rocket scientist graffiti existentialist deconstruction primitive performance photorealist bebop or a one drop or a hip-hop light pop metalist gold adult contemporary urban country capitalist wow see this is what you guys tune in for i think this is the real reason you're here is to listen to me recite lyrics let's get into the results here of our survey Wow, there were a lot of them. Um, I was going to pick and choose my favorites, and then I decided I'm going to run through them, just read them out loud, Bill Burr style, like the Monday Morning Podcast. So I asked you, let me find it so I can read it word for word. I asked you, regarding live album, live albums and their associations, what's the first thing you think of for each live album? As an example, when I say Clockwork Angels Live, you immediately think of steampunk, 80s songs, whatever. What's the first thing you think of when I say Clockwork Angels Live? Here's what we got. All the World's a Stage. Almost all of you 
or I shouldn't say that, a ton of you use the word raw, raw power, raw emotion, raw, raw, real, raw, raw, you get the idea, raw and powerful, a bunch of you just said 2112, that makes sense, great album, I don't listen to it that much, Neil Peart's snare going out on 2112, and they left it in the recording, that's something I've been trying to, I don't remember that, if we had talked about it here, I don't remember, and I don't listen to this album a ton, so I've been, I would love to know where that is or how I can find it. I haven't listened to all 15 minutes of that recording yet, but I've been kind of going through it here and there. Something I forgot about. Let's see, iconic album cover. A few people mentioned the album cover. One, two, buckle my shoe. That's over my head. I Again, I got I to gotta revisit this to get that one. Raw Youth. Raw Goosebumps. More Starman album cover, uh, the venue, no frills, caress of steel, caress of steel, comfy listening, when in the end kicks in with the, when in the end kicks in with the power chords and Getty's glee at the very end of the album, Neil's iconic drum kit on the cover, the welcoming intro. We are merely players, somebody wrote. Songs are faster than the originals, yes. What's this one say? I gotta open this up. The one I never listened to. I'm with you, dude. I don't know who said that. I should listen to it more. Songs are faster than the original. Columbus, Ohio, 1996, buying the CD and Getty's high voice. Maybe your introduction to the band. Broken Snarehead on 2112, White Carpet and that awesome Working Man drum solo, Early Rush Goodness, Bastille Day. Okay, my answer was 2112. The first thing I think of, and it probably has to do with the cover more so than the actual recording, but... um. And, and I don't think I meant, I answered this a couple days ago, I don't think I meant the song as much as the album. I just associate this live album with uh, that tour, I guess. Exit Stage Left, I said moving pictures in the exact same way. I associate it with the tour that it was promoting, or the album that that tour was promoting. So people say Red Barchetta, Jacob's Ladder. Jacob's Ladder would probably be be my second because it was the only live recording we had of it for a while or official live recording and here we get into some um consistency overly polished sanitized sound but great songs this person says perfection yyz drum solo a lot of people saying that patchy patchy kick i don't know what that says (laughs) also the yyz drum solo perfect I wore it out. Uh, a blanket over a speaker. Xanadu, Brunsbane. Somebody said best of. I think that's a cool way to describe this album. Brunsbane, closer to the heart is beautiful. Tight, complex, no crowd energy. Jacob's Ladder, Xanadu. Awesome. A lot of people said great musicianship. Pulled back the crowd noise too much. The way Getty introduces Jacob's Ladder, Brunsbane, my favorite set from a live album. This guy says Muddy. 
Not that I disagree. Cool artwork. Lying on my stomach in front of the parents in front of my parents' massive square Bozak speaker with the loudness cranked, feeling the bass in Xanadu. I don't know what a Bozak speaker is. Am I am I supposed to know what that is? I don't know. Headbanging to Jacob's ladder with my sister, limelight fade outs with a question mark. Listening loudly on my cassette in my car, my first car. La Via, moving pictures, that's what I answered. First live album I got of theirs, like a greatest hits. The audio from the video sounds better than the audio from the album. Interesting. I don't know I've ever heard that. I'd be, cur- I'd be curious to look into that. Xanadu, Masterpiece, still my favorite live album of all time. Perfect set list. Refined sound, complete, polished. It's a song about a car, dot, dot, dot. I like that one. The Woman in the Dress. Velvety smooth. Conviction and passion. Full body sounds. Free Will is a band solo. Yes, for sure. Side three is probably the best medley ever. First exposure to moving pictures. Okay, let's go to Grace Under Pressure live. Approaching peak rush. Burnout from all the lights. Video-wise, Count Floyd. Transition through experimentation. I guess you could say that. They were experimenting. Uh, 80s. First thing you think of is your first concert or 3D glasses. Cluttered. I'm not sure what you mean by that. Stage. First tour, I was old enough to attend myself, so carries extra meaning slash nostalgic memories. Why wasn't this released as an album? Good question. Wishing these had wishing the release had almost all the other songs they played instead of the ones they included. Well, it is nice to hear the weapon. I agree with that. Really weird, a big disparity between the al- the album and the songs that they played for the whole set. But you know they couldn't fit all of that. I think um, cool to hear a live album from so long ago. Too short. Yeah, like we were saying. I agree. One half D. I really like that response. <laughs> Watching Rush on MTV. Neil's Rat Tail. Tinny, like the metal. Okay, not enough low end. That's a specific response. Count Floyd, the Fear Trilogy. Kooky, great album found too late. The Weapon, more live music from the 80s. The Fear Trilogy, The Weapon is the highlight. Wish it were on Spotify. Oh, it's not on Spotify? That's odd. Oh, it's, I, I see, like the last guy a couple uh, responses ago said it's not, they didn't release it as a, no. No, they released an audio version, right? I'm losing it. Great songs, no epics. Neil's long braided ponytail thing, very cool. I guess I should buy this DVD. I like the Steinberger. You are the only one. And this next guy says, Steinberger. Alex's guitar tone, it's my number one album. Put on your 3D glasses. 
Great set list. Mullets and suit coats. That's a good one. Fear Trilogy. Count Floyd. The Enemy Within. And then my answer was, for sure, the Fear Trilogy. The first thing I think of on that album is uh, the fact that they played all three of them. And man, they're great. A show of hands. I haven't read the responses to this one. Let me tell you mine first. I said awful colored lighting. Something about it just didn't look right. Um, but also that there were, you know, that's just the th first thing I think of is that it looked funky. But then after that, I'd say, yeah, the synth songs, right? We get to hear all these songs played, Power Windows, Hold Your Fire songs um, performed live. Let's go down a few of them for a show of hands. Mission, Thin Sound, Synths, What Exit Stage Left Should Have Sounded Like, Marathon, The Mental Art with the Weird Cartoons. I don't know if that's a typo. I think you're talking about the album, uh, the album art. Overprocessed, but Marathon was spicy. My first Rush show, favorite live album, VHS. Somebody said, meh. Okay. Watching it on satellite? Listening to my first live album, featuring the album that started it all for me. One of my faves, Power Windows. A bit cold and shrill, preloaded keyboard tones and vocals. Eek. That's... <laughs> loaded uh, Prime Mover is not on the CD and that makes me very sad could there be anything more accurate than that statement Raccoon Mullet that was one of the things that popped into my head Polished Magnificent M&M's Marathon and Mission oh I like that M&M's because I've always I've always considered Marathon and Mission to be kind of sister songs in that they're both perfect and right next to each other on those albums. Uh, M&M's, interesting. Yeah, both of them on this tour. Marathon, greater emphasis on New Rush from the 80s. The keyboard songs, but Alex steals the show. Minimal artwork. 80s, drum solo. I, the first drum solo I didn't like, it says. The Rhythm Method, drum solo with electric kit. A lot of people talking about the drum solo. Listening to it in my dorm. First live album I bought. Not one of my favorites. I wasn't listening to Rush as most as most for those years. Well, some of us were. Well, I wasn't around, but some of you were. Prime Mover on VHS only. Lock and Key on Laserdisc only. What is a Laserdisc? I remember my chemistry teacher had a laser disc and he showed it to us. It looks like a seed if a CD were the size of a of a full length record, right? Or what do they call them? Long play record. I don't know. Lock and key was only on laser disc. Had to spend a lot of time finding ways to record those on cassette for full time listening. Another person says, "Meh." Classic Three Stooges opener. Pencil drawing of the boys. The solo on Marathon. Somebody says, I was there for the recording. Confident. Somebody said, cheese. And that's another reference that goes over my head. A show of ears and eyes. A show of hearts and minds. Least favorite, somebody says. 
Album art has been my computer desktop for years. You can keep the same desktop background for years? I get sick of mine every month. First live album I bought. Contemporaneous? That's a word I've never seen before. To the release. Okay. Going on to different stages here. This person says, loved the included third disc with the older show, for sure. That Tinker Toy part of the cover maybe should be reversed. Two above, one below. That's interesting. That's the first thing you think of? <laughs> Being at the show in Chicago where a lot of the songs were recorded. That's one thing I wish I wish every song were recorded in the same place and on the same night for that album, but I won't complain too much. Variety to the extreme Plus the kid, the analog kid, I like that. 2112 in its entirety, three album set. Really long, natural science. Somebody says it reminds them of their own old girlfriend. Epic. I was at the recording of the first two discs in Illinois. Nirvana, not the band, the Euphoria. <laughs> Third disc. Last time we hear Getty singing in a reasonable vocal range interesting do you mean that his high singing was worse after that or do you mean that you like him singing lower like on the roll of bones stuff best live album release ever interesting that's a heavy claim first heard tracks at a rush convention First live album after I became a husband and a father. Title could not have been more appropriate. Definitely a different stage of my life. Somebody said Variety. That's um, accurate. Somebody else said 98. Giant Tinker Toys in all caps. A lot of people say Variety. I'm surprised by it. Not that there isn't Variety, but I'm surprised that's the first thing you think of. Because it's. I have to sit and think about what's... Where's the Variety? Let's see. The Analog Kid was 80s. You have uh, Show Don't Tell, 90s. Not technically, but I consider it 90s. Um, a bunch of Bones, a bunch of Counterparts, a bunch of Tests. And then, I guess so. And I guess if you include that live, the, um, the super old disc, then yeah, it's got variety. Somebody says, finally a complete show. Meaning this was the first one where you got the entire, well, not the entire, but you got an entire concert's worth of material. This Someone says pick one already, which I think is referring to different stages because they also had uh, all the world's a stage and then different stages, I guess. Could have been the last Rush album. Yeah, it could have. Wish it were longer and had more Presto and Test for Echo songs. Tinker Toys. Is that a... Everyone's calling them Tinker Toys. Are they... like? Is that a real thing? Is that the name of them? I used to play with them is what this person is saying. I thought they were done. Best live album. Love this version of Analog Kid. I could not agree more. Great version of Analog Kid. Second only to maybe um, the R40. Was it R40? Or Clockwork. Oh, man. There was a time when I would have known that for sure. 
anyway the the most recent recording of it i thought was really good pretty sure it's clockwork uh marshall amps yeah a lot of marshalls heavy tones bittersweet by far rush's best mixed live album okay discs one through two fine i guess disc three untouchable and uh, my answer, I think I was the only one to say this. My answer was bravado. So just like somebody else said, um, Analog Kid, I think it's the best recording of bravado that we have. I just had to double check, make sure I was recording correctly. All right, let's move on to Rio. I wrote in all caps, Getty Twang. The first thing I think of when I think of Rio is how spanky his bass tone was then. Let's see what you guys say. One Little Victory, Baitor, Passion, The Crowd, Bonkers Brazilians, <laughs> YYZ in The Crowd, Crowd was too loud but you can't deny the energy of the performance, The Crowd and an awful mix, Great Crowd, Dragon, High Energy, Baitor, Focus on the Audience, Hate the crowd noise level, mixed and mastered poorly and hard to enjoy all the way through. Hey, just like um, the album it was supporting. Driven, oh my god, <laughs> is what it says. I agree. Epic, uh, leave that thing alone. Goal, the crowd, leave that thing alone for sure is like one of the high points. That was the like that was the first thing I obsessed over in the world of Rush was that recording of that song. The crowd, the crowd, the crowd. Alex's rant on La Via. That's jazz. <laughs> uh, it took me years to figure out that he was saying, and I'm Stan Getz. Because I didn't know who Stan Getz was until I studied jazz. I didn't know that he was famous for that for recording um Girl from Ipanema. Somebody wrote YXZ. Don't know what that is. Rush at their peak. Crowd, 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 crowd. Brazilian, Brazilian, Brazilian. Getty's bass and the YYZ bouncing sing-along. Epic. Yeah, that was pretty heavy metal. R30. My answer was Mystic Rhythms. I'd be shocked to see if anybody else said that. At the time, I was obsessing over um, Power Windows especially Mystic Rhythms, and I thought there would never, ever be a day where they played that live. At the time, I didn't know they had, I believe, already performed it live during that tour, I think. Um, but then R30 came out, and I saw the back of the case and saw they played it. It was the first thing I listened to. Uh, the intro. Yeah, that intro is amazing. Earthshine. Work, Workmanlike performance on a great tour. A little on the boring side, somebody says. Between the wheels, drum solo, great feedback tunes, and the acoustic resist is choice. Yeah, the acoustic resist was cool. The overture, cover songs, overture, Jerry Stiller is thrown in there. Nice. The amazing lights that came down low, especially on Between the Wheels. I haven't noticed that. The amazing lights that came down low on between the wheels i will look into that ged's vocals are strained at times great performances 
LOL at the Tom Sawyer Sims in Roll the Bones. Yes, oh my god. Do you know that there was a time where I thought those were supposed to be there? I just, I'm like, oh, there's that synth that they use everywhere. They're just, you know, putting it in everything now. And now that I know it was an accident, you listen to it and you're like, oh, those should not be there. <laughs> it does not fit so well. Opening melody, their peak. Crap, I'm getting old, somebody said. First Rush concert. My only disappointment. Virtually the same as the tour before it. I'm... <coughs> I'm choking. <coughs> I'm kind of with you there. I've uh, I remember thinking the same thing when I saw. It. I was like, half these songs are recycled Russian Rio, or Vapor Trails tour songs. Like, what was the one they kept redoing? Bones. I was upset they played Roll the Bones again. Um, again, I used to know these. I used to be able to rattle these off. I used to listen to these albums so much. Uh, there's a few of them. I think Distant Early Warnings on both. Where I was like, really? Like, give me something else. Acoustic set. Covers meh. Yes, again, I agree. At the time, and, and even still, I don't want to hear the covers live. Feedback was a cool thing, and I get that they were promoting that album. I like feedback now. It took me a while. I still don't want to hear them live. <laughs> I want Cool side project, guys. Let me hear Rush songs now. Vapor Trails, that makes sense. Too many covers, yes. Feedback Tour, best medley ever. Very solid. I wasn't a big fan of the feedback tracks. Brilliant medley for the intro. Uh, Jerry Stiller. <laughs> First tour, I had the means to see multiple shows. Regretting the feedback singles taking up concert slots, plus they played Bangkok. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you said that a lot better than I did. Jerry Stiller, R30 Overture is just the perfect opening, Florida where I saw them, Digital Man and Entree New, now that I can get on board with, wait a minute, you're thinking of the wrong tour guy, <laughs> Digital Man and Entree New was Snakes and Arrows Live, we're talking about R30, but I know what you mean. Very careful watching every minute of the sunrise video, waiting for the dragon to emerge. Interesting. First and only Rush show with my then-girlfriend, now-wife. Okay, let's go to Snakes. Just a few more, guys. I can't tell how this is going to play as you're listening back to it. Maybe it's taking forever. I don't know. I'll try to only hit the good ones. Snakes and Arrows Live. I said Hen House. And it was my first concert. When I think of Snakes Live, I think of those big orange chicken rotisseries on stage. Secret Touch. Yeah, great recording. Circumstances. That's rare. Perfect set list and your flawless performance. Uh-huh. Entree New in Bangkok. A lot of people's first tour, like me. Entree New. Kick-ass set list. Darkness. What does that mean? Someone wrote the word darkness. <laughs> Um, don't own it. Why not? What's that smell? Is that a their meat reference? Work on them angels, factory workers. Interesting. Yeah, that imagery was kind of all over the, um, like the merchandise and uh, the packaging. I need to find some chicken. First concert in Seattle. See how great they are, kids. I think that's my dad. Because he took my brother and I to see our first Rush concert for this tour. 
I was at the Atlanta show and the bonus tracks special feature. Oh, in the bonus tracks, the show, the Atlanta show, I'm assuming. Uh, variety. Spindrift rocks. I agree. I think they should have played Spindrift again on a later tour because I think it was awesome live. Good call. Brilliant. Authorized bootlegs. You wrote bot legs, but I think I know what you mean. The live Snakes and Arrows songs just don't hit me like I think they should. So I don't think you're alone in thinking that. I think there's a bunch of people who share that opinion. I think I would imagine you don't like them in the studio versions either, though, um, because I, I don't know if there's an album where probably Clockwork. This is true for Clockwork as well. But on Snakes, like those songs sound live already because they're so layered and they're so heavy and the recordings are so crystal clear. Uh, well, actually, I know some people disagree with that, but I think they're very clear. I loved the Snakes and Arrows album and was very happy how it was represented on this live album. Cool. Okay, so that's in contrast to the last guy. Somebody wrote, Entree bleeping new. <laughs> the melding of old and new material starts to feel surreal. In a good way? Yeah. Disturted disharmony? Don't know what that means. Great concert for Snakes and Arrows content. Yeah, so some, some people are with me on the Snakes and Arrows stuff. Someone wrote, not much. Oof, I'm sorry. Armor and Sword. Interesting that that's the first one you think of. I think that sounded great live. Al's acting. Alex's acting. What did? When did he act? Oh, he, like in the videos and stuff. For sure. Accidentally bringing the Snakes and Arrows live DVD in my car instead of the CD. Oh, <laughs> you don't have a DVD player in your car? Somebody else said shrug, question mark. Come on, guys. Don't be so passive aggressive. <laughs> all right, let's go to Time Machine. My answer was Caravan and Brought Out to Believe. I know you're all going to say moving pictures probably, but and that's fine. Um, but for me, I was like, yeah, 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 I know. The camera eye, that's cool. Like, let me hear the new stuff. Um, I think I had a month or two to sit with the studio recordings, with the single versions of those two songs, and I was hoping they were going to surprise us and play something else off this album that was supposedly maybe going to be called Clockwork Angels. I had no, no knowledge about what that album was going to be or what that phrase meant. Uh, so I was only... And they pulled out all the steampunk stuff for that song. If Those songs, if you remember, I think they played them back-to-back. And I just remember suddenly steam was coming out of everything. Kind of a cool aesthetic to change it up. So you guys say marathon. Wow, you could not be more correct. Moving pictures, of course. Too many gimmicks. Okay. It's all right. Camera eye, La Via Encore with Oompa intro. Nice use of the word Oompa. Nice. Presto. Yeah, Presto, what a deep cut, man. Polka, Strangiato, Ged's voice. What about it? What about Getty's voice? Great versions of Time Stand Still and Presto. Oh, man, they had Presto and Time Stand Still and Marathon. What a great set list. The best De La Via of all. I agree with that. I think there's a couple recordings on this album that are the best ever, including Working Man. Let's Mostly Working Man. Let's see if anybody said that. 
the kid keyboards on La Via. A lot of you describing the intro to La Via very differently. Focus camera on musicianship, less on audience. Meaning that's what they did or that's what they should do? I think you mean that's what they did. Uh, my first rush tour, don't grab my sausage. The last person who touched my sausage was an idiot. Deep cuts, yes, for sure. Marathon, hey, when is the new album coming out? Yes, I'm with you. Uh, somebody wrote Jack, relax. What does that mean? Did they did they play Bones on this tour? No. I don't have it in front of me. I don't think they played Rolled the Bones, but maybe I'm missing something. I could be wrong. Stop moving pitches. <laughs> awesome callback. Really appreciate whoever wrote that. Ladies, stop moving pitches. Uh, the I Love You Man outro. Nice. Do I have to hear Tom Sawyer again? Okay, this time it's okay. With a little smiley face. And somebody wrote Cleveland. Maybe you're an Ohio native. Go Indians. Okay, two more. Clockwork Angels. What's the first thing you think of when I say Clockwork Angels live? I wrote Jones Beach because that was one of the coolest concerts I've ever been to. There was a super moon that day, that night, that like we watched rise over the ocean. Um, very interesting venue because of the wind. The sound was not ideal. But uh, I think one of the only shows in a while where Getty had his hair in a ponytail. Like, I remember that was a big deal. Everybody talking about that. Like, oh, well, we haven't seen that in forever. Uh, but that was my third clockwork show at the time so i'd seen the concert before and it kind of let me absorb some different things about the show aside from my own personal thing being jones beach on long island my answer is grand designs something about that jones beach show i remember grand designs just really sticking with me um let's see what you guys say you say strings power windows and strings probably my favorite rush dvd Orchestra, flying screens. Yes, the moving screens in the back was cool. Power windows. 80s. I bet a lot of people say 80s. 80s on the floor in Nashville. What does that mean? Oh, on the floor of the concert. Best live effects. Loved the gorgeous visuals in the garden. Yes, I think those moving screens kind of came to life for the garden. Visually fantastic. Great bonus tracks. Mike's first Rush concert. Guess what, guy? I don't know who Mike is. <laughs> Headlong flight. Strings. Somebody said, eh. Okay. Finally, that's okay. I just am surprised. Finally played with orchestra accompaniment. Clockwork Angel string ensemble. Lack of variety. And why aren't Getty's hands on the bass when Headlong flight starts? See Blu-ray. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. The... They sample and they sample the beginning bass part that's kind of quiet and set in the background, and then Getty comes in afterward. I don't, I don't never had an issue with that, but I, I know what you're saying. Someone wrote magic, steampunk, strings. Getty's voice is failing badly. Okay. Great set list of power windows through Roll the Bones. What did they play on Roll the Bones in this tour? 
bravado. Dreamline. Yes, Dreamline. That's it, right? Oh, and, and where's my thing? Yeah, I guess you're, you're correct. Innovating with the string section after so many years brought a lot of vibrancy. You could tell they loved what they had created. It felt like a swan song, unfortunately. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Red lens. Red lens. Meaning there was a lot of red light in that concert. I actually remember that from the Jones Beach tour. I remember a lot of a lot of the time the stage was just blown up in red. Clockwork power windows. I love it. The garden. Orchestration adding horsepower. That's a nice way to say that. Got a front row center seat in St. Louis. Sting section. Sting section. So the police covers? Or is that what you're talking about? Wasn't a fan of the live orchestra. Probably not a popular opinion, though. Yeah, I agree. That's okay, though. We appreciate your input. Okay, moving on to the last one, R40. My answer was losing it. I bet a bunch of you said the same thing. That's the first thing I think of on that tour. Uh, second only to probably the set changing during the songs. Um, let's see what you said. You said, losing it. Farewell. They caught Getty on a bad night. Huh. I guess I'd have to rewatch it. <laughs> Again, mad props and a huge shout out to whoever said, in quotes, fuck you, puppet. <laughs> I died when I first heard that. Fuck you, puppet. High school gym, fitting farewell. For some reason, Jacob's Ladder is the performance that sticks out to me. Happy ending, Jacob's Ladder finally losing it. Lakeside Park, bases. This guy just says bases, and I, I agree. That's another one that I think of, how many bases he brought out. Bittersweet, losing it. Sadness, the end. Never thought we would have a live version of losing it, let alone two. <laughs> Goodbye. Jacob's Ladder, crap, I'm old, again. Sigh. They were losing it. What does that mean? Evolving set pieces, Mel's rock pile, dread of the impossible end. Dread of the possible end. Rush through time. What is Mel's rock pile? You guys are making me feel super dumb today. Complete set list. Wish I had gone. Unforgettable. Old school drum kit. Classic ending to my live experience. One of the best concerts I ever saw and was very anxious for this to come out. But to me, Getty's voice sounds really old. It's hard for me to, to listen to. Very disappointing because my hopes were so high. Okay. I don't remember Getty's voice being that bad, but I haven't seen or heard this in a while. Um, man, did they have to be so blatant about generally a abandoning material from power windows through test for echo well they ignore test for echo anyway i agree um i get that they're like hey we played nothing but like power windows on the last tour we don't need to cover that if they were gonna do the one you know going backwards one at a time why did you leave like three or four of them out i think it's four that they left out test uh presto hold your fire 
power windows, I think. And like you played like three from snakes, three from clockwork, like just trim a couple of those repeats, you know what I mean? But uh fine, whatever. It reminds me of like um Beyond the Lighted Stage, they talked about every album except Bones, I think. I, I think it's in the like the bonus footage, but you know, as I'm watching them going along one by one, then they skip right from Presto to the counterparts. I'm like, what? Who? Somebody says the end. Taking my kids to see this show was one of the most bittersweet moments in my Rush history. Oh my gosh. I knew it was the last show I would ever see from them. I'm just making sure I got all of your, your comments along. I'm just making sure I got it all. Somebody said rewind. Bunch more for losing it and Jacob's ladder. The goodbye and many tears. The level of mastery. Mirrored disco ball. Cool, like the cover you're talking about? That's the first thing you think of. Yeah, I get it. Amazing. Tears. I want to rewind the clock and live it again. Nice. That's the last response I had. That's fitting. I wish that I could live it all again. All right. Uh... Hit me up for the mailing list so that you can be part of this next time. I hope I didn't bore you to death. So those are kind of cool. So today I wanted to bring on, well, I say today, I mean this month, I wanted to bring on somebody that I met a few seconds ago when I called him up. Uh, I found his Twitter account on my Rushcast timeline or feed on Twitter, and I thought what he was doing was really cool, and I wanted to bring him in and talk to him and ask him about well, I would have asked him about how all this happened if I had a Rush show or not, but I do have a Rush show, and I thought you guys would be hip to hearing about it as well. Uh, so please welcome to the show, John Take. How you doing, John? Good, Jay. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Sure Excited thing. So, to talk some Rush. Yeah, for sure. Um, first, let's get it out of the way. Tell everybody what your account is and what it's about. Okay. Yeah, I started it up uh, a couple months ago. It's at X Y Y Z or Z, um, uh, and on Twitter. And uh, um, yeah, started it up um, just because um, you know, obviously, been a Rush fan for a long time, and kind of got a sense, um, like a lot of us did, of closure. You know, with the R40 tour and Time Stand Still, and thought. You know, I've been kicking it around for a long, long time. You know, we all have a lot of questions about Rush, and there's a ton of data out there. And I thought, um, you know, you see a lot of analytics and uh, graphs on other bands out there, but I wasn't seeing a lot of Rush. So decided I'd get into it and start sharing it and uh, learned a lot about Rush and kind of feel like I'm just getting started. It's Yeah, it's very, like, analytical. Um, I follow a, a subreddit called Data is Beautiful, and it reminds me a lot of that. It's a lot of, like, really... Um, visually pleasing graphs and data and stuff like that. Uh, I'm looking at your latest one now. It's really, really pretty cool. All right, do you do like um, data entry or, or are you just good with that kind of thing? Is that where this came from? Well, so I'm an engineer, so I deal with a ton of numbers, you know, yep. designing uh, pump stations and in the business side of it. And so I do graphs like all the time at work. So it's fun to do some graphs uh, um, about uh, a topic I really love, 
And so there's been like, there's lots of boring hours where you're just like going through all the billboards you can find to, to find <laughs> out what Russia's ticket sales were. Yeah. And then, you know, there, there's a lot of data online. I mean, there's some people, you know, over the years have done so much work to pull it all together, but you know, it's all kinds of data and books and stuff, but I'm like, wow, there's a lot of cool graphs here that you can do to analyze all the stuff that was out there. Yeah, this it, it's I'm scrolling through it right now, man, and like it's really impressive. These are such good looking graphs. Um they're they're easy to read and it's stuff you've never considered a lot of times. Like, oh yeah, I never really thought to map it out like that. Here's another <laughs> I'm getting real geeky. Here's another subreddit that I love. It's called Map Porn. I love maps. I don't know why. I don't know why. So the first one of yours that caught me on your account was, um, I'm not sure exactly which one, but I'm looking at it, an example right here. These uh, mini tours, they're basically tour archives. It's a map of the U.S., in some cases the world, and you've traced out each of their tour dates in order. Um, so you can see on, on whatever the hemispheres tour, they went all up and down the East coast and then jumped over to the West coast and then hit Canada or whatever it may be. And that's a, I think that's what grabbed me initially. No. And that, you know, those graphs come out of just asking a question, you know, you're sitting back having a beer, you're wondering well, I wonder how <laughs> fast or how far Getty and Alex and Neil, how far did they have to go? Which tour did they travel the most on? You know, I mean, and, but you also find out, you know, just how much is missing, you know, for everything we know about Rush, there are decades where we're just like, we just don't know what they're up to, you know, all the early years, right? Yeah. And it's funny because like, that's the second thing I thought of when I looked at this. First, I thought this is great. And second, I thought somebody did their homework. Somebody, you know what I mean? Somebody's doing the work here to make sure that these are... um easy to read and i assume they're accurate they it, from everything i i read on these graphs i go yeah that's what i know to be true you know uh you said that you saw other bands had a lot of graphic data out there uh like what i don't know if i've seen that what are some other bands that oh. you see with that data there was one I posted the other day that showed, I think from 63 to 67, what the Beatles were up to, you know, they're recording and starring in films and they're on tour and, you know, rush in 43 years, I had to find a different format for it. But, um, you know, I saw, um, a data visualization of, uh, famous rappers and how many words they use. And of course you're like, okay, well, how does the professor compare? Huh. And so there, there is, you know, there's, um, different websites with just tons of data visualization examples. And I get some ideas there. Um, you brought up a really good point about, is it correct? And, um, uh, you know, I think probably, you know, it's close. I've enjoyed, um, helping correct the data. You know, I think even on the tour dates, we don't know where rush played every night. And, uh, I think there's a lot of gaps, but it's been fun too, to find, um, you know, there's a lot of feedback online. I get a lot of people yeah. who are uh, helping me be pedantic and, and, and care about the details to get it right. Because I think, you know, in five or ten years, maybe it'll all be right. You know, I hope Rush adds some data to it. But, yeah, and you would you be know, a, huge, <laughs> a huge help for that, you know, those people who want all of that stuff to be completely correct. And, I, and you're right, I should uh, – I, I saw you give like a little bit of a disclaimer that says like, hey, listen, this is – I'm just using the data that's available – 
you know, these, I don't know, maybe, maybe some of it's wrong and I'd be glad to change it. And I, I remember you responding to somebody who was like, no, it was at this show. It was here, or you missed this show or whatever. And you're like, oh, great. Here's the updated version. And, you know, one of the things that might be interesting is because I got such a big um, leg up from a lot of the, the data on different websites, you know, at some point it might be fun to put it out there in some kind of a format that would crowdsource it and let, you know, let everyone have access to it, make it open source and let people have a way to comment and say, well, no, I, you know, they didn't play with Chris, that, with Kiss that night. They played with somebody different. Right. Um, so at some point I'd like to, to take all the work I'm doing and then share it back out. That'd be great. Um, so, what about you as a Rush fan? Is there uh, is there an era that you lean on, that, or that you uh, hold closer to your heart? No pun intended. Yeah, I mean, I I really got into Rush. A good buddy of mine in high school hooked me on Rush around uh, would have been eighty seven. So, Hold Your Fire, and it was like the song Prime Mover in particular. Wow, and then, oh man. <laughs> yeah, and then and then I mean, Rush didn't come to Atlantic Canada like the East coast of canada like they'd go to montreal and toronto but i mean they would not come you know the population's lower and so they wouldn't come out east all that often and so didn't get a chance to see them a lot but then i moved out west and in grad school that's when i went deep and like you know discovered everything and that was when the internet was kind of coming out early 90s and met a ton of rush fans and of course you know you know back then it's like oh wow i can you know there's people that know so much about rush that's when you find out there's there's some seriously hardcore fans out there and then you know all the way through to the last show in la you know probably saw i don't know 20 or 25 shows um you know i started late but probably got to 25 shows and and all the way through to the last show in la it's been a good it's been a been been fun i'm jealous of that so we uh, we joke a lot on rushcast about having a hold your fire support group it sounds like that's a big one for you oh absolutely that would be you know, hemispheres, grace under pressure, and hold your fire. Wow. You know, um, that's there's there's you know my favorite song is Prime Movers and a Do would be like right Jeez. behind it. So, yep. What yep, a that is uh, such a diverse uh, trio for your top three. That's I have a lot of respect for you. Um, and it's funny I was I don't, I'm not on my Rushcast feed as often as my um, personal Twitter feed, but uh, today I think it was fan tunes that tweeted something about uh it's hold your fire's anniversary it's release or something and they they initially released the prime mover single which i had never heard of and i imagine it was prime mover and probably time stand still or some other radio friendly song but i was imagining myself in the late 80s going oh here's a new rush album and the first thing i hear is prime mover and I, I know a lot of people have some beef with Prime Mover and don't think it's the greatest song, but I, I'm with you. I think it's fantastic. It's just, it's just super poppy. Yeah, I've been building up my, you know, we can all be completists now that the boys are done. So I've been building up my bootleg collection and really enjoying the, the Hold Your Fire and Presto tours, kind of filling in that uh, part of my collection. Yeah, and I always wished we had an official release uh, live version of Prime Mover. In fact, I think it's it's on the. It's been a while since I watched this. It's on the video version of a show of hands, I think, and not the audio version. Laser disc. I, I think the laser disc had it. The laser disc. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. 
that was fun to fun to dig into. Um, you know, there's websites out there that list you know all kinds of rush releases that you had no idea existed, um, especially when it comes to singles and uh, um, uh, some of the different compilation albums. Did it's you like, say wow? And then did you say there's a website that does that? Yes, yeah, uh, discography.net. I think I'm probably getting that wrong, but. Um, okay. You know, that, that'd be one of the fun things that, you know, if I ever get this on a website someday, just to share all the different sources that I use to pile this up. Sure. Um, yeah, I've probably put about 200 hours into it so far, and I've got a big list, kind of like a, a metadata thing about, well, you haven't made a graph about this, and what about this? <laughs> so that's why I think I'm just getting started. That's incredible. You, you mentioned the downtime at work, and... Um... When I started Rushcast, I had a bunch of downtime. I was a substitute teacher, and I would have these like one-hour chunks three times a day where I had nothing to do and couldn't be on my phone. So I would I would sit there with a pen and paper and just write out all these things I've always wanted to talk about Rush-wise that I would put into a podcast. And that's why when I started the show, I had so much so much material to work up work from because i was sitting i was forced to sit there for three hours a day and just brainstorm about what i wanted to talk about so i I can relate to that in fact i can relate to it on an even more um an up to in an up-to-date sense because uh at my current teaching job we had state testing all day today and all day yesterday and once again you couldn't have your phone out you couldn't be on a computer so i'm sitting there with a legal pad uh, planning this episode and planning on who we're going to talk to next. And uh, as annoying as that is, it's actually kind of fun to force yourself to sit down and get it done and not be distracted by Twitter. Yeah, I travel a lot for work. So, yep, all those uh, nights in hotels, not a bad way to spend it. Did you say you spent time living in California or, or is it um, was it only Arizona? No, Arizona. I moved to Arizona from Alberta. How um, is that? A while ago. I've, how do you like it? Oh no, it's it's good. Met a lot of Rush fans here, so uh, you know. I mean, that's one thing that was interesting to me. Um, just the difference between the Rush fan base and um, uh, the general knowledge about them from the U.S. to Canada. And uh, I don't know how I'll get that on a graph someday, but uh, right. <laughs> you know, yep. Living in the states, you're lucky to have seen them on so many tours. Yeah. Well, that's another thing about those maps is you look and you go, man, I'm glad I'm not an Australian Rush fan. I don't think they ever went there. <laughs> no, yep, somebody commented on that. Or There's actually a bunch of, if you're not in Europe or or North America, you're kind of screwed for the most part. Uh, was there a stat that you found or a number or just a realization that you went, oh, wow, that's kind of nuts? Like, what what did you learn something that kind of blew you away? I think the um, the variety of opening acts that they had. I mean, you know, we all look at the set lists and you see that, but then you actually get them all listed out and you see just how many bands that they played with um, over the years. You know, um, when they were when Rush was an opening act, and then when when Rush had op- uh, opening acts, just phenomenal. How many bands they helped out? You know, um, uh, help help get their start. Um, it was, it was interesting for me to see that and another band I like to tragically hip open for them once. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was just going to ask you like, which of those bands is your favorite? Yeah. Wow. Well, that's hard. Cause I love, I love Primus and, yeah. uh, yeah. So I saw Primus open for them uh, on the counterparts. Tour, yep. I was just so. going to say, I'm realizing you saw them in the early nineties. You must've seen a show with Primus on counterparts, yep. right? Is that what you said? Correct. Yep. 
impressive. Yeah, I'm looking at, I think that blue graph is the one you're talking about, ACDC. Yes. Dang. Oh, no, this is lyrical output. I got to get my graph straight. I guess me reading your uh, your Twitter feed live on the recording is not the greatest idea I've ever had, but I'm getting a little rusty. Uh, well, thanks for coming yeah. on, man. I I I love your account. I love I love you. I love you, man. How many how many of these puns can I slip in there? Uh, there you go. Let's man. make sure everybody knows what this is called. I'm looking it up again. That's at x y y z graphs. No spaces Correct. or anything. Yep. Where's the X come from? X Y Z. That's the math part of it. <laughs> X Y Z graphs. You should check that out. I think a bunch of people already know about it. How many followers do you have about right now? Oh, I think it's up around three hundred and fifty yeah. today. So, I, I know people yeah. were were uh, the people responding to your posts were kind of in love, and it's a fun thing that you do. I'm going to spend the rest of the night kind of going through your posts and reading them in detail. Well, thanks missed. for having me on, and I, I've got about another eighty I haven't put up yet, and lots of ideas. Oh so looking forward to putting, look, looking forward to continuing to share those, and who knows, I might even do a book someday. If, yeah, uh, for if sure. I'll polish it all up. Awesome, and yeah, I hope uh, you and I will talk soon, and maybe we could do this again sometime. All right, thanks, Jay. Cool. All right, uh, take it easy, everybody. <laughs> So here, here's here's my hilarious story about the last show. So I'm in like the 12th row. I'm standing next to this dude who flew over from Japan, and I'm looking to my left. I'm like, who's that dude with the with the wool hat on? I'm like, oh, it's Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters. Right beside him, oh. Chad Smith, Chad Smith from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> right beside him, Danny Carey from Tool. I'm like, yeah, I'm not air drumming tonight, man. <laughs> no, this is right next to you. Yeah, right there. That's yep. incredible. Yep. That it was it was cool to see them. The best part it was of cool that, to see them watching Rush. Exactly. The best part of that is like those three had a, a te- like a group text, and they were like, "Hey, we need to do this. <laughs> like, we have yeah. to go see this guy." Um, man, it's it's so. Yeah, and it was it was cool because it's L.A. and so everyone left them alone. That was almost the neatest stuff is that they got to enjoy it and no one bothered them. Like right. they had their moment at their Rush show. And people weren't stupid about it because you're like, oh, don't let it turn into something stupid. Yeah, just let it be. Everyone kind of knows what the deal is in that situation. Yeah. So, yeah, it was cool. That was one of the neatest things I saw. And then and then right at the end on Time Stand Still, you can see me in my goofy Leafs jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, yeah. I'm going yep. to look for that. Right at the end? Yep. Well, pretty, yeah, right at the close, like right at the end after the show is over, they kind of pan around the crowd in the first 15 rows or something, and I'm the dude in the Leafs jersey. Dang. So that yeah, was sweet. I'll, I'll be looking out for that. 